0: Welcome to the Physician Negotiator Podcast, where no decision is left to chance, with your host, Doc of All Trades. All right, today on the show I have Dr. Jeff Anzalone. Dr. Anzalone is a periodontist who started his career with over $300,000 of student debt. He was able to eliminate this debt after seven years of practice. He is also an author of a book titled what they don't teach you in dental school. He is now an expert in starting successful dental practices, reducing tax burdens, and earning passive income with real estate syndicates. He shares this wisdom on his website and his blog called DebtFreeDoctor.com. That's DebtFreeDR.com.
1: Dr. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, hey, it's a pleasure to have you, and you are the perfect guest given the set of circumstances that's going on in this country and the whole wide world right now. We're going through the pandemic of COVID-19, and I feel that physicians and surgeons, uh, physicians and dentists, I'm sorry, are feeling the effects of this pandemic. During the last financial crisis, we really weren't impacted, and it seems like this time around, we are severely impacted. And uh, you wrote a really nice article on your website called Financial Stress During a Crisis, Five Lessons Learned. And the lessons that are uh, really paramount uh, for professionals is all about debt. And the one thing that you advocated is having a rainy day fund. Now, traditionally, people advocate having a three to six month rainy day fund, but you advocate something a little bit differently. Would you mind explaining that?
1: Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I am a big Dave Ramsey uh, person. Uh, I, I followed him when I first got out of my residency. And, but I, I didn't follow his, his, baby, his seven baby steps to the T um, because uh, he didn't want anybody to do any type of investing while they were getting out of consumer debt. And with me not getting out until I was in my early 30s, and I knew it was going to take several years to get out of debt. I, I didn't want to lose those years of compound interest. So I, um, I decided to do both, you know, get out, of, get out of debt quicker, but also at the same time, max out our retirement accounts. But, um, and that's where, where we, we kind of differ in, in that aspect. The, uh, actually, the, his first baby step, baby step one, is to establish an emergency fund and with with him he just because you got to think about he's talking to the masses you know he's talking to uh you know the just the everyday blue collar person he's like you know what just get a thousand dollars in an account you know just just get some because you know as you know most people don't even have an emergency fund so just getting something in an account uh that's what he's recommended then after you get out of consumer debt which is baby step two go back to the emergency fund and build it up to three to six months of your expenses. Now what what things have taught me in the past was whenever I was getting out of my residency I had a supposedly I had a job locked up with uh, with a group here in my hometown in Louisiana so about 10 to 14 days before I graduated they basically just pulled the job out from under me. And, you know, I had a two-month-old, I was married, we'd already bought a house, you know, we were paying an interest-only loan on it. I had, you know, you know almost $300,000 of student loan debt, didn't have a clue how to start a practice or anything. And it was just like that, how it changed, how things can change. So ever since then, I've, I've always been real leery about, how things can happen just like with this crisis, how one day you're sitting here going to work, the next day everything's shut down. So that really changed my mindset about money um, and, and and kind of fear because, and I was, and for, for a long time, I've always had this scarcity mindset and that's really held me back with with a lot of things not having the abundant mindset you know i was always like okay well there's only so much money to go around and that's it which as you know that's that's not true i mean look at how they're printing money right now for (laughs) for the country you know so so with with what this crisis has really taught me is you know that three to six months that he's recommending emergency fund living expenses well when you're going through something like that that could be like bare bone minimal living expenses you know that could be just to keep the lights on food on the table and a roof over our you know heads but with the issue that i went with with my residency i didn't think that was enough and i actually i extended it out to 12 months or longer and and now we've, we have actually more than that just because, you know, I never knew when something could happen and unfortunately something has happened, but we're, we're a lot more prepared than I think that most people, but you know, there, there's still going to be a point where your, your money's going to run out at some point unless you can get back to work. So hopefully uh, we'll see that sooner rather than later.
0: So, so you're advocating for twelve months worth of an emergency fund, and i I totally agree with that now, with respect to that emergency fund, would you have it in just cash or how would you wh- where would you have that money sitting
1: that um That's a good question it just it just depends on the person. Um, um, again you would you would never think that if you had your money in a checking account or a savings account that you, you couldn't get to it. Uh, but, but again, what if, I mean, what, what if something happened? What if, what if the bank shut down, which I know some banks are shutting down. What if, you know, the next crisis has to do with, with computers and you don't have any access to, I mean, you never know. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I personally would recommend having some in both, You know, both just in cash uh, and then also, uh, you know, just like in a, you know, a money market account or something where you can get to it, you know, quickly. You can write a check if you need to. Um, That's that's typically how we use it. Great.
0: Um, Now, it's interesting. If you if you watch the media and if you watch just television, the crisis looks like the whole world is about to come to a screeching halt. And it may it may very well over the next 18 months. We economically, we may suffer tremendously, but in your article, you also talk about that with crises comes opportunities and perhaps this might be a time of opportunity as well as a crisis.
1: Yeah. And I, and I gave the, um, the, the quote that I've always heard Warren Buffett talk about, and and I'm sure you have and your listeners and readers have, and, and he talks about fear. And he says, "Be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful." So, whenever the market has been going up forever, you know I, I really didn't start invest, investing until around oh seven, oh eight. So, you know ish that's kind of i started practicing a couple of years before but we just didn't have any really money to invest so i really started when the the market had bottomed out so really this is the first time that i've that i've ever seen a bear market before um, for, for me investing you know and I, and i couldn't understand you know when i started investing in vanguard index funds way back when you know all these people were Talking about oh my God we're losing all this money and this and that and I was like well everything's really cheap right now that I'm buying I'm kind of liking this stuff you know so uh, so you know fast forward everything as you know is is pretty much for the most part been gone has gone up so uh, so they haven't had any issues but now that the the market has has dropped a good bit because of this pandemic and you see people you know it's a it's a perfect psychological principle you've probably heard of the uh, loss loss aversion you know we react more to loss than we do to gain you know and we just for the most part we just we hate losing we we would we would lose we would you know do whatever we can to protect from losing something than than we are to gain so when when we look at our accounts online and we see our 401ks and retirement accounts just every day just going down and down and see the market going down. We, we, we want to get rid of that. We want to prevent that fear. So everyone is fearful and, and what do they do? They, unfortunately, they, they take their money and, and they get out of the market. Well, the thing is, and, and i and I help my parents with, with their retirement accounts and that sort of thing. And you know, they're, they were asking me and the the same questions that, you know, a lot of people are asking is, you know, when should we start selling out? Um, And then they put all of their automatic, you know, I'd set them up on all these automatic monthly investments. You know, they turned all that off and I said, well, two things. Number one, if you start selling out now, you've, you've automatically locked in those losses because I said right now you haven't lost any money and they, and they just, they don't get that you know, until you sell, you haven't lost any money on the other side, until you sell, if it's going up, you haven't gained any money either. So, uh, that's, that was the first thing. The second thing is with my parents cutting off all of their automatic investments that I'd set up for monthly, they're not taking any advantage of, of the, everything being on sale. So this, this is kind of going into Warren Buffett's, um, quote when he says, be greedy when others are fearful, you know, when, when you kind of are in a good position, you, you don't have much debt or you have no debt, you have a a good pile of cash. So you can kind of sit back and wait and, and find opportunities like this when, you know, for instance, we've been buying the uh, total stock market index fund that I think it was low 80s, you know, 81, 82 a share, something like that. And then it got down into the upper 50s. I mean, that. I mean, you you just sit back and as you're watching it go down, 80s, 75, 70, 60s, 50s. You're like, wow, this is this is good stuff, you know, because you know the, the stock market and it holds like 3,300, you know, stock, you know, every stock in the stock market, in the U.S. You know that our country is going to come back. And if, and if, and if you don't believe that, then you got bigger issues, you know, you, maybe you need to move or something, whatever. But <laughs> if, if you don't think that, that Disney is not going to come back, or if, if Walmart, you know, Murphy, you know, Murphy oil and, uh, you know, Delta airline, all the, all these big companies, if you don't think that they're going to come back, then you probably shouldn't be invested in anyway. But with it's, it's, with us knowing that, hey, look, these these stocks have been you know trading pretty steadily the last few years, and with them just dropping down, you know that they're at least going to come back. Let's just say worst case scenario, just at least fifty percent back, you know. So I, I just think that this is this is a great time. Again, I'm not a uh, an imbe- uh, you know financial advisor, or, or I'm not recommending any specific things to people, but that's just for me. My my perspective on this that again every crisis does prevent does present opportunities.
0: And it seems like a time horizon matters. Having said that, in your parents' case, it still maybe it doesn't because if your parents sell and they 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 put those losses on their books, they'll, they'll they may never recover if they don't stay in the, in the market. Uh, I have a lot of residents who come up to me and they're always panicking about this, and I always would tell them up until this point that they should pray. They should pray for a market crash because right now the prices, well, they were so inflated that they were expensive. And now all of a sudden, now they're cheap and they're afraid to get in. And I I think you're absolutely right. I think what's going to happen is people will realize that there's been a turn. We'll hit the bottom, the double bottom or whatever it is, U-shaped, V-shaped, whatever type of um, recovery we have. But by the time they realize it, it'll be too late. So the idea is don't ever get out of the market in the first place. Just maybe keep on dollar cost averaging and adding to your position.
1: Right. because it's, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, whenever people, whether it's people online from my website or, or, uh, friends that I know, you know, the, they're, they're talking about, um, that they, they want to talk about this pandemic and it's usually, it's usually a negative stuff. Well, not usually it always is negative stuff. Oh gosh! I mean, you're you're not able to practice, see patients. What are you doing with paying your bills? This and that. I mean, how are we going to make it? And I guess just being, just you know, thankfully being in the position that we're in, and with with also with us getting support from our government. You know, being able to uh, have our employees be able to furlough them, let them get unemployment, the different types of loans, small business loans that could be could be a grant so uh, you know it's it's, I look at it from a different standpoint you know I'm I always talk about you know looking at it like that you know at least we do have some help right now um not trying to be so negative but and then always encouraging them say you know say you know what more than likely just just like what you said there's probably never gonna hope you know Hopefully there's not going to be another pandemic or something like this, but more than likely there's probably never going to be a better buying opportunity than, than we are now have now. Um, a friend of mine is also a periodontist. He, he, uh, he's up in Connecticut and he teaches part-time at Yale to the residents. And there's, there's also a 94 year old dentist, that also teaches part-time with him. And he said, this guy is like sharp as a tack. Uh, He, he knows his stuff. He knows, he knows how to invest. He knows how to figure out, you know, for instance, Hurricane Katrina, you know, we were in New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005. Wow. And I graduated in June, 2005, you know, then it hit in August, 2005. So, um, we, we really lucked out with that, but he, he was thinking like, okay, what, what businesses should I invest in? What are those people going to need? You know, he, he could think, you know, he got to the point where he found the company that was providing all the FEMA trailers. I mean, that's, that's how this guy is thinking. And, um, so my friend asked him when, when all this stuff happened, you know, about it. And he just, he just said, you know what? I've lived for 94 years and I've never seen anything like, like this before. So that just kind of shows you that this, this is probably, you know, for, for me and you or people our age, you know, this is, this is probably going to be the best time ever. If you want to invest in the market to do it.
0: Once in a lifetime. Well, and you mentioned it on that same post, the financial, um, uh, stressed, financial stress during a crisis post that during the, our last depression, that's when the most number of millionaires were made in this country. And you predicted that, and you said it on your website, that this will suppress the Great Depression on the number of millionaires made.
1: That, um, <clears throat> that was my prediction. I could be wrong. I, a, I got a 50-50 shot, you know. exactly Uh, I could be wrong I could be right but um I uh I I do think that and my grandmother um she lived through the great depression so I always got to hear stories of her you know growing up and you know when she was a child and um it was really really bad she said it um she had four brothers and at, at Christmas you know, when Santa Claus would come, you know, now with with your kids, you know, they get all these gifts and presents and all this, but when they would wake up in the morning, Santa Claus would come and they had a a table with with the chairs and each one had a chair and Santa Claus would leave each one, one piece of fruit. Wow. And that was, that was, I mean, they were just like ecstatic. And that, that's just how bad it was. I mean, at least we have, food available. Or at least we have, you know, the availability. They didn't have all that back then. I mean, a lot of times if, if you didn't have your own garden or, or somebody that you knew had a garden, I mean, you would, you were hurting. So it was really bad back then.
0: Well, with respect to the opportunities, and you mentioned, uh, your 94 year old, uh, doctor associate, you know, he was investing in FEMA trailers. Well, we've, we've, demonstrated the weakness in our country in this crisis with respect to supply chains, drugs, uh, personal protective equipment, um, other things that we thought we, we had in place that are produced in China, we no longer have access to. So this might be an opportunity of a lifetime for somebody to invest in these companies and or start their own company with the help of the government.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. I think uh, I saw an interview. I've seen so much stuff, Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's hard to keep up with it, but I believe it was an interview with Mark Cuban, you know, Shark tank. Right. And he said, and they were asking him, you know, about what, what they thought was going to happen. And he, he said just what you said. He, he thinks with, with the entrepreneurial spirit that so many people have that, there are going to be people that start businesses and companies that come out of this, that if this pandemic would have happened, they would have never started. So there, again, every, every crisis presents an opportunity. So I think you're right.
0: Well, well, with respect to your practice, so a lot of physicians and dentists are no longer practicing medicine right now. Um, They've been mandated by the government to, to cease uh, all, procedures until, unless it's an emergency. Um, so clearly it's impacted your practice, but my question for you is, um, it's not like these patients that are going away, they still need these services. They still need to be cared for. So are you finding that you're just, um, postponing their care? Are they, is the, is all this demand and volume just building up?
1: That's a good question. Um, I, I think there will always be a need for healthcare, uh, just, just like, you know, there's going to be a need for anesthesiologists once, once all this gets back up and going, it's, it's kind of like, you know, nobody's ever seen this happen before. So it's, it's just a guess, you know, um, I, I, I'm also in a mastermind group with a, a guy that used to be the president of the magic kingdom. Uh, Dan Cockerell, and mm-hmm. Lee Cockerell is his dad. He's he's written a lot of books, one of them called Creating Creating Magic, and it's based on um, Cockerell, C-O-C-K-E-R-E-L-L, Lee, L-E-E, Lee Cockerell. I think his website might be Creating Magic or something like that, but um, as, you, as you know, uh, if you know anything about Disney, you know that they're they're big on customer service. You know, that right. you go to the, you go to the park and it's just like spotless. I mean, it's, you, you're like, you're scared to drop a piece of paper on the ground cause you're gonna, you know, make the place dirty. So, um, <clears throat> he, um, I agree with him that right now, business owners should be thinking about customer service. Because when we do get back to work, think about what's what's going on in the customer's mind wherever they go. What are they going to be thinking about? Well, you need to address that. They had uh, the owner of the uh, Houston Astros, Houston Rockets, on the news the other night, and this guy owns. He had a list of stuff. He had all these Landry's restaurants and all these different restaurants. I mean, he owned a lot of stuff. And he was just a a good old Texas guy, you know. I mean, if you'd have seen the interview, you're just like, you know, who's they're interviewing like this redneck from Texas, you know, you would have never thought he was the owner of the, you know, the Houston Rockets. But um, he was just very passionate about it. He's like, you know what? You know, he was he was talking about customer service. He said, when we get back going. He said, there's not going to be a single thing on our countertops, a single thing on our tables. The, our customers are going to see us wiping this place down between each, it was, they're, they're not, even, we don't even have to say anything to them. They're going to see it. So I think um, that needs to, d- doesn't matter what business that you're in, you know, you, you really need to, to express that to your employees. We're, we're definitely going to do that. And we're going to tell each, you know, each patient before they come in what we're doing, because it's, even if they don't ask, they're thinking it, you know, if, if your eye doctor calls you in a couple months and says, um, Hey, you want to come in for your eye exam? You're going to be thinking, well, how are you going to prevent me from getting, you know, getting the virus. Right. So I think that's going to be big.
0: Yeah, and I imagine, especially in the healthcare industry, we're going to have to adapt in ways that we've we kind of imagined. Still, you know. Um, so let's change gears a little <coughs> bit. You are an expert in financial uh, real estate syndicates, and I, I, I suspect you started doing this because um, you've already paid off all your debt. I'm sure you've max, maxed out all your 401ks and all your other IRAs, and so you were looking for other ways to invest. So. Walk me through that journey, how you kind of decided that you're going to take the plunge into, uh, into real estate.
1: I, um, I got real complacent after we got out of debt and, and I met some other financial goals. And, you know, I, I'd always had goals to set, you know, as you, as you probably did, too. You know, you, you graduated college. Your goal was to get into medical school then your goal was to get into a residency and then, you know, join a group. So you always have these goals. And then once, once I did all that and hit that final goal, it was like, okay, now what? And and I, I think you're seeing a shift now on the Dave Ramsey show. He used to always talk about getting out of debt. Well, now he's been on there for so long. He's helped, he's helped so many people get out of debt. Now what is he doing? He's shifting now to teaching people how to be millionaires. Hmm. And a lot of the focus is on that. So um, you know, you gotta kind of pivot to to whatever whatever life throws you, and that's that's just part of it. <laughs> so um being complacent, that was that was one thing that kind of started me in that direction, and then also with um after reading a couple books and then the uh Rich Dad Poor Dad Robert Kiyosaki, which really hit me hard because, you know, he had the, the, the cash flow quadrant. Right. And then, you know, I was on that left side of the quadrant, you know, even though I was the doctor owner, I was still a, you know, quote an employee, you know, if, if I didn't go to work, I I didn't get paid, you know? So, um, and I realized that I only had one source of income, which as you know, as a doctor, that one source of income is active income and it's the highest taxed income. So it's like, you know, two strikes right there. You got to go to work and when you do go to work, the government takes a good bit of it. So that, that really pushed me to start finding other uh, streams of income, passive income, which led me to real estate.
0: And so with real estate you are able to get a passive income and get some tax relief. That was the whole um, strategy, right?
1: Correct.
0: Now, if you were to, uh, so obviously we want to talk to the audience members who are already debt-free, who <coughs> maxed out their 401ks and their IRAs, and they're looking for an opportunity to start investing beyond, um, these, uh, instruments. How would you advise them to, to get started? Assuming they have, let's say, uh, I don't know, they, they have an opportunity to save between 50 to hundred thousand dollars.
1: Well, I, I'm a big belief. Don't invest in anything that you don't understand. Um, even you know, most people have an accountant. Even though, if you're not going to do your own taxes, you need to understand it to be able to know what your accountant's doing. You know, so I started um, reading books, listening to podcasts, um, attending events, networking with people. Uh, it's it's a whole different I mean, it's kind of like going from college to in the, medical school, it's, it's a whole different world. I mean, it's a whole different profession. You got to learn the lingo. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. Um, unfortunately I didn't do that initially. I just started, um, investing online on some of these crowdfunding sites and, um, did did well for a little bit, but then I got burned pretty pretty good. Uh, the whole deal. Every every investor lost their money. Oh wow! Yeah, and you're talking
0: about these online real estate um, collections, correct? Right? Like, yeah, uh, it,
1: it was it was uh, realty shares which actually went under was was bought out. Right was, at the time, that was the number one. That was the big one. You mean so, these guys? That's him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were trying to get me to uh, be, they were going to sponsor <laughs> me. They're going to give me all this money for the podcast. I'm and sure then uh, I sh- yeah, a month later, the whole thing collapsed. So yep. I'm so, glad I, ne- um, I never, I never advocated for them. So plus I didn't know enough about them to really, uh, and I told them, they, w- they gave me this contract. I'm like, well, I don't know enough about you to feel comfortable advocating for you. And so I'm glad yeah. I didn't. So I'm sorry that happened to you.
1: Well, it, it was actually a good thing because it really, taught me that I didn't know what I was doing ah. and, and it really taught me to, I need to start learning what I'm doing. And then it really helped me to focus on teaching people um, that come to my website, what's, what's really going on and, and, and how to, edu- you know, the, the different education that you need. Cause I want to, I wanted to be seen as, you know, the, the trusted person that wasn't selling anything that uh, you come here you, you get the information and whatever you want to do with it, that's fine versus going to a website like their website, you know, and they're pitching all these different deals from all these different sponsors and you, you don't know who you're dealing with. So now the only people that I invest with, I, I know them, I've met them personally and those are the only types of people that I recommend other people that I can vouch for. You know, people will say, well, Jeff, what about, you know, this person? Have you heard about them? And no, I mean, they could be good. I don't know, but I don't, if I don't know them, then I don't, I don't recommend them.
0: So, so how would you get started though? So you have 50 grand, you start, you, you, you obviously need to educate yourself. So you recommend books. What else do you recommend?
1: Podcast.
0: Okay. And you had a mentor too, right? I,
1: I've if If you, if you have somebody in your area, that would be great too. Um, I have a, a my dad's friend that's a uh, huge, huge real estate uh, investor. I sat down with him. I told my wife I learned more in two hours than I did probably in two years of college. I mean, it was just mind boggling. It just opened my, it just completely just opened my mind. This was last year and this oh, wow. was after I've been doing it for a while. So that, that's another great place to start, um, and then events, uh, conferences, which hopefully we can we can start going back to conferences, pretty yeah. soon. But you're you'll meet so many different people just in that just in that weekend. So that's another great place to start.
0: Now you you chose uh, apartment syndication. Is that correct? I did. So why why did you choose that versus say single you know single homes single uh, family homes?
1: Um, and, and I, and I almost started into single family homes, but I realized that I didn't want to be a, a an active investor. I don't want to be a landlord. Hmm. And, and after talking to people that did it, and my neighbor does it, he's got seven houses and he's, and he's always said, man, if I could just get 10, 10 houses, I'll be set. But he's always complaining about, you know, God, somebody just knocked a hole in the wall or somebody just moved out and I've got to, I got to try to rent it, but I got to fix it back up first. And to me, 10 houses, 30 houses, 50 houses, that's 50 different tenants you're dealing with. That's just, I don't want to deal with that. Right. And I just, that's just me, you know, I, you know, different strokes, different folks, but I don't want to deal with 50 headaches. And just seeing how hard and long it would take to scale that versus having an investment in one, say 300 door apartment complex. You know, if you have 50 houses, you got to put on 50 different roofs. If you have one apartment complex with 300 doors, you're only doing one roof or, or just a few roofs, you know? Right. And uh, I didn't want to be an active investor. So I'm, uh, chose the syndication route to where you pull your money in, you put it in and then every month or every quarter you get a check. You don't have to deal with, with any of that.
0: Right. Now, did you set up your first syndication or were you able to, uh, did you find it or how did you go about your getting your first syndication?
1: I, um, I went to a a meeting, network with people and asked them who they, uh, invested with or some of the groups. Um, I wrote those names down and then I went out and I met with those people and I have uh, three people now that uh, that I know and trust and that I've done deals with and they've they've pretty much all have done what they said they were going to do
0: so now, now you said meetings are there like are there national meetings that you attended or just local meetings
1: these were these were national meetings. Um, uh, that a uh, couple were in Dallas, uh, Orlando, but, but there are depending on where you live. If you live in one of those areas, mm-hmm. uh, they have local meetings. But where I live, there's there's really, it's, it's too small hmm. to have them here. So I went to a little bit larger ones. Then there's regional meetings too. You know,
0: which one would you recommend the most if you for like a national one?
1: I would probably say Joe Fairless's uh meeting, uh the best ever conference. It's um once a year, it's in February. It was just 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 past month, last month, a couple months ago. Um, but that's prob- probably the 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 as of now, probably like the Super Bowl of of the real estate meetings.
0: Okay. Now uh, I know this is kind of unusual timing, you know, obviously we just, we're still amidst the pandemic. We have no idea where the bottom's gonna come with real estate. I imagine real estate's gonna take a correction here very soon. Um, assuming none of that happened, what kind of return on your investment would you expect with a typical syndicate deal?
1: Um, <clears throat> there, There's all types of different um, returns out there, but the ones, that that I'm currently in and the ones that I currently invest in they pay roughly seven seven to eight percent a year and typically that's a five-year hold and then once uh, once they turn around and they sell in five to seven years then you get a uh, you get to uh, part of the, the profit split. So if you take all the distributions that you've gotten over that five year period or seven year period, plus you get the, the profit split that you get and you add it all together, then mm-hmm. roughly you have a, what they call a two X equity multiple. So basically you're doubling your money every five to seven years, which it's a pretty good deal. And the cool thing is most of the distribution well, all the distributions that you get are literally tax-free because of the depreciation you get to take on the real estate. Uh,
0: No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: So, so again, you know, you're, you're kind of getting the best best of both worlds. You know, you're, you're getting the, the passive income every month or every quarter, but because of the, the accelerated depreciation costs that you can get with real estate, you don't have to pay um, any of the capital gains taxes on that. Wow.
0: What's the, what's the risk in general?
1: The risk in general would be, um, you know, kind of what you're going through right now. You know, there's some, there, there's some different classes of real estate or apartments, or houses or whatever that if, if people can't pay the rent, then you don't get paid. But there's some that, you know, some of the class A apartments that are higher end, people have money, they can pay, uh, self storage, mobile home parks, you know, people, you know, stuff like that, that's doing real well now. So just, it just, just kind of depends on, uh, you know, what asset class that, that you're in. But, But again, if if you're also in the market and and you and you're also in real estate, you know, you're and that's kind of one of the reasons I want to do that. I wanted to diversify myself. So, you know, with real estate, it really doesn't depend too much on what the market goes up or down. It it usually is pretty steady for the most part. But I like being in the market too, because you're getting you know, you're, you're kind of getting that aspect of it as well, that defer, diversification.
0: Um, can you dip, Can you offset any of your other income from the depreciation in these deals, or is it just from the capital gains from the deal itself?
1: I'm not a I'm not a, a tax attorney, but I do believe that you can do, d- depending on how you have your structured mm-hmm. uh, your the way that your <clears throat> income and. If you have different LLCs and that sort of thing, but um, I, I do think there is a way that you can offset uh, others as well. So I would, you know, check with your uh, your accountant. But a lot of times, a lot of these accountants don't really have a whole lot of experience with real estate. So you want to make sure that um, you work with one that does. Um, I do know. The, uh, I think the website is called the real estate, I think it's the real estate CPA or the real estate accountant. And they uh, really work a lot with passive investors that do syndications and that sort of thing. So they, they know the ins and outs of it. Excellent.
0: Um, and with respect to negotiating these deals, do you use an attorney to negotiate the contract or you just kind of take what they give you? How does how does negotiation work?
1: Well, when when you're a uh, passive investor, you're buying a share within the LLC of that group. So with with that, you, you don't have to do any negotiating. That's <clears throat> they they put the deal together. They're um, they, they have people that do all that. Buy it, that sort of thing. Sell it. So you're basically just kind of piggybacking on their on their deal. Excellent.
0: Well, hey Jeff, I uh, I've learned a lot myself. I I I myself have been an accidental landlord. Um, I tried <laughs> commercial real estate and failed. I tried regular real estate and failed. I've never I've not done syndicates as of yet. Um, I'm really curious to try it. I'm going to check out your website. I want to learn learn about it. Um, I just want to congratulate you on your website, uh, drdebtfree.com. It's awesome. Um, I think there's a lot of information on your website. Your blog is amazing. It's very well written and uh, you have a lot of podcasts that you've been on and I think you're a wealth of information. What kind of of ending advice would you like to give kind of uh, to a physician or a dentist who's kind of mid-career and they're just kind of struggling with this whole pandemic right now, financially speaking?
1: Well, um, ho- hopefully that you you kind of look at where you're lacking in, and it, um, it's a wake up call, you know, for those that don't have much of emergency fund. As soon as you get back to work, I would focus on that, really building that up before you start doing anything else. Um, for those that are sitting at home, not working, not seeing patients, because they only have one stream of income then maybe you need to focus on, um, once this is all over, uh, looking at getting some, uh, alternate streams of income, passive income. Um, if, if any of your listeners, um, would like, I have a free guide on my website that, um, they can download and it, and it basically it talks about, uh, how to create passive income with real estate syndications. So um, if if they're interested, they just go to debtfreedr.com/slash-free-guide, and there they can uh, they can download it, and um, they can learn. That'll be the that would be the, like the first start to to start their path with passive income.
0: Excellent. And Jeff, is that the best way to get a hold of you? Is uh, debtfreedoctor.com?
1: Yep, uh, debtfreedr.com or Jeff jff at debtfree excellent
0: well hey jeff i just want to thank you for being on the show i really appreciate it and uh, i look forward to working with you and learning a lot
1: thank you thank you very much and uh, keep up the great work with your website and your podcast too there's wealth of information there
0: well hey i appreciate it and uh, just to let everybody know uh, if you would like to get a hold of the show notes, I'm going to put all the links that Jeff mentioned in uh, on my website, DocOfAllTrades and the dot com. You could uh, you'll have all the links there. And uh, again, we're on the Apple iPod, uh, Apple Podcasts, and uh, great to have you. Thank you for listening, and uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Physician Negotiator podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit thephysiciannegotiator.com.